good to be with you this morning. Um, I'm always very excited to come to Huntington Beach. It's become home, away from home. And I love you guys, and I love what God is doing in this church. And I just want to bless and affirm um, just the work that God is doing. And not just through the staff, but I think through the members. We're hearing the stories of how God is working in and through you people. And it's such a blessing uh, for the rest of the people. And I believe that God will continue to do even more than you think or imagine according to the power that is at work within you. And um, it's always exciting to come um, to HB, and especially for those guys who go like, okay, I'm going to invite my friends to come to Huntington Beach because, you know, we've got a cool, cool, cool community. And then you get there, and they have uh, rent-a-pasta. You know, you, you enjoy. <laughs> you had told them that you're going to come and find a tall, good-looking dude, and then you find a black dude who does not, who you don't, who, who do, you don't even understand the accent. And you go like... <laughs> What a letdown. So, the mark is very low, so uh, it's okay. Just, just enjoy and keep up with me as we go. Now, the last time I was here, I kind of talked about the whole idea of, um, of the new word for amen is? So wow, just want two people to remember that. The new word for amen is? So, so anytime during the message that you want to respond, you go? So I love that. So good, so good. <laughs> I love it, I love it. Um, so we're in this series in the book of Luke, and um, we're looking at our, you know, this, this whole story of what if. The series is entitled What If. And today we're going to look at a story in the book of Luke um, that is about a leper. Now, one, one of the things I have to, to say is that the last time I was here, I gave a message and the story was about four lepers. Today I'm back. I'm talking about one leper. <laughs> The next time they invite me in 10 years will be, I'll speak about the 10 lepers. So I don't know what's up with me and lepers, you know? But if you have a problem, ask Jesus. It's not me. I don't know what happened. So, but it just happens to be a story of about lepers. And we're going to read about lepers. But we're going to see something that is absolutely unique and beautiful in that story, even as we go along. Um, on Friday, I get home a little late, and my wife was, had just come back from traveling. Um, she's right here, Delta. Uh, is my wife, blue-eyed blonde from South Dakota, ma- married to the darkest guy around. Um, and we have a little white baby. Um, you'll see her. She's outside there. But Delta was out traveling, and she came back from, from, from a trip. And on Friday, she, she told me, hey, you know, I'm, I'm part of hosting this uh, baby shower. And uh, I'd love for you to go out and get me some stuff, you know, some shopping. I go like, great, I'm going to go. I immediately stood up and went because I was like, it's better to go shopping than to stay at home and prepare for a message. So if the message is not good, blame my wife. (laughs) She sent me shopping, which I was gladly did. So I went shopping and I was buying stuff that, you know, some stuff that I cannot even know what it was. Something like living basil. I didn't even know what that is. And I'm shopping living basil, you know. So I'm shopping and I get all these things and I'm excited because I've gotten everything on the checklist. And I get to the counter and I'm about to pay. And then I look on the right and I see, you know, there's always these magazines. And one of them catches my attention because I don't know many celebrities. But I know this one. And I look at her and I'm thinking, wow. I think I know her, but she doesn't usually look like that, you know? And I could see her. She was spotless and blemishless. This is the actress um, Lupita Nyong'o, who's from Kenya. 
and um, has won, just won an Oscar, and everybody's excited about her. And I, you know, I know her. I know her from, from way back in Kenya and being acting, and even here in Anaheim, she'd come to my apartment, was dating one of my friends, and I'm looking at her, and now she's this worldwide sensation. But what catches my attention is that she looks spotless. And I'm going like, Lupita is beautiful, but this is, <laughs> wow, you know? So I, don't, I didn't even buy the magazine. You know, I just kind of continued going. But I thought, you know, we live in a world where we have a billion-dollar industry that is dealing with cosmetics. And the singular focus of this industry is to take away defects, to take away blemishes, to make us look better and more than we are, to remove every spot. And this is because if you look around, we are usually judged by more about how we look. How we look is always a big thing for us. And it's usually fine, it's the glossy models who, are, who, have got this, who have got this perfect skin that are in our magazines or on the TV shows. And what we're really being told is that um, if you want to get ahead in life, you want to look and be like them. You have to take on their image. I heard this one thing when I came to America that I don't have my face on. I was like, what? I don't have my face on? What does that even mean? And I've heard from some guys, not me, but I've heard from some guys, not my wife, but after, on their wedding day, there's disappointment where they go and after they, you know, they look at the table at the next to the, the table and there's, you know, just all these kind of parts hanging, you know, just like, what's all this, you know? And people are just trying to, to we, we do a little much more than we actually are. We try to present ourselves an image that we're really not. And sadly to say is that this image of trying to project who we are better than or being trying to look like more than who we are is the image that we try to project even when it comes to Jesus. We think that Jesus is about making us look better and making us fit in or making us look more than we are. And even some of us have gotten to the place of where we even try to modify our behaviors so that we can be more like Jesus. But what if... What if, and this is where we're going to camp on today, this morning, what if Jesus was way bigger than we think he is? What if Jesus was more mysterious than we think that he is? What if Jesus is not defined by our very experiences or is not limited to how our experiences have defined him? What if Jesus was much more liberating and much more freer than we actually think that he is? And how, what if Jesus could actually be one that we do not control, but who takes on our whole life. That's the journey we're going to go on this morning. So would you pray with me, if you will? Father, we're your children, and we thank you that this morning we're here just to hear from you. God, would you speak to us that, Father, that we cannot make it on our own without you. And God, we don't have to come and try and manufacture or try and act or try and cover up who we are, but we can come as we are. And Father, we know that you are willing to heal us and to take care of us. So, would you speak to us this morning, and may the words of my mouth, the meditations of my heart, be pleasing to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Huntington Beach, I have news for you. The power of sin is too strong for us to deal with it on our own. The power of sin is too strong for us to deal with it on our own. And what if Jesus was way bigger than we think that he is? And that he's not just only interested in restoring and rebuilding our outside demeanor and our look, 
But he's actually more interested in building us on the inside. Here's what I mean by that. We're going to look at this story, and we're going to look at the characters of this story, and I want you to notice the characters. So as I read this verse, just notice the characters in this story. Luke chapter 5, verse 12, it says, um, While Jesus was in one of the towns, a man came along who was covered with leprosy. When he saw Jesus, he fell, he fell with his face to the ground and begged him, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. And immediately, um, uh, you can make me clean. And, and immediately, the leprosy left him. So let us identify who are the characters in this story so far. We've got Jesus, the leper. Okay? We've got Jesus and the leper. And as a story, we'll continue reading the story. As the story goes on, the, Jesus sends the leper to the priests. And then we're going to read about some people who are hanging around who are known as the crowd. So who are the characters of the story again? We have Jesus. We have the leper. A priest and a crowd. Okay? So I want you to keep that in mind. And as we go through this story, I want you to see where do you identify or which character do you identify yourself with in the story? Is it Jesus? Is it the leper? Is it the priest? Is it the crowd? And so as we go through this story, I want you to just take a moment and see as we unfold this story, we'll identify who that is. And so there's this guy who's a leper. Now, in those days, leprosy was a dreaded disease. But at the same time, we have to recognize and realize that everything that they could not identify that was on the skin was immediately termed as leprosy. So it was anything from a small scab that you could not tell what it was, a mole, all the way to where your limbs are falling on. Everything in that spectrum was known as leprosy. Now, what was so crazy about leprosy, it wasn't just a disease or all these things we've identified, it was a complete way of being ostracized, of being forgotten, of being marginalized, of being rejected. If you read Leviticus chapter 13, you will find all the qualifications that a leper had to go through. One, they had to declare themselves unclean. They had to wear torn clothes. They had to cover their faces. And every time they went, they would, and then they, they would have to live in a colony. So segregated. Talk about isolation. Talk about rejection. Talk about uh, being put aside and away. But as with Jesus, his work was to challenge status quo. And look at how he interacts with this person who is ostracized, rejected, forgotten, lost, put in a, in a colony. And how Jesus interacts with this guy. Jesus challenged what was. And if you look at, um, and, and, and Jesus, what, uh, Jesus actually had a different view of what it meant to be clean and unclean. Look at what it says in the book of Mark, chapter 7, verse 20 to 23. He says, uh, he says these words. Um, I don't know if you have the translation that we had over here. He says, what comes out of a person is what defiles them. From it is within, it, from, it, is, it is from within out of a person's heart that evil thoughts come, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. Now, what Jesus is saying, it's not what is on the outside of a man. It's what comes from within that makes him clean or unclean. So immediately, Jesus is challenging what was status quo. Now, you can imagine 
Jesus is talking to this crowd, and then all of a sudden there's this guy coming out screaming, unclean, unclean. And what do they do? They part ways, they give him room. And what they want to see is how Jesus will interact with this guy. Because they believe that if Jesus was truly who he says he was, what he would do, a righteous man, he would back away from him or go around him because he's an unclean man. Because in those days, in the first century church, in the first century, they believed that there was no way a clean thing would ever make an unclean thing clean. It was the other way around. It was, if you're unclean, you can always make a clean thing unclean. Are you tracking? Do you follow that? I know it feels like a little of a a tongue twister. But so they want to see how Jesus will interact with this guy. But what does Jesus say? The leper comes to him and says, I know if you are willing, you can make me clean. Now notice, the leper does not say, heal me. He says, make me clean. And then what does Jesus say? He says, I am willing. And then he goes to do something that was totally and completely uncommon and revolutionary for those days. He actually stretches out his hands and touches him. Touching an unclean thing. Look at how Jesus is going against the grain. First of all, he's touching an unclean person. So that means immediately it would defile him. And for you to become clean again, you'd have to go through a seven-day ritual to get clean. But what Jesus is saying, I am greater than, I am the only clean thing that can come to an unclean thing and it doesn't defile me, but I will make that which is defiled clean. That's what Jesus is declaring at that particular time. But he even goes to as far as touching this guy. This is a guy who had never been touched by anybody in many years. And Jesus goes and touches the guy. He is saying something completely different and revolutional. Jesus said, be clean, commanded the leprosy to leave him, and immediately he was clean. And of course the people go like, who is this guy? You see, today... There are many people that we deem unclean. There are people that we deem defiled. Just think of them. In your world, just think about those people that you think, those people are unclean, those people are defiled, those people are terrible, and we've kind of ostracized them. And some of them is because they did something so wrong and so hard and so difficult to you that you've completely completely denied them and you don't want to be anywhere near them. That's a group of people. Or maybe... This morning, you are feeling ostracized, isolated, rejected, forgotten. And you, at this particular time of your life, right now, right here, you feel unclean. And you feel like, have Jesus has no room or place for you. To those that are outside, forgotten, defiled, Jesus says, I'm willing. To you who's in this room, he says, I am willing. Because that's who Jesus is. Because what if Jesus was much bigger than we think? And not just to heal you, but to make you clean, to completely restore you. Maybe some of you are like me when I was young and single. I thought if somebody ever got to know me, they would not really love me. Because if you fully know me, you cannot fully love me. And because of that... I was shouting and screaming, unclean, unclean. Maybe not in the same words as a leper, but in the way I behaved and the way I lived my life. Because I did not want to be known, how do I do? I involved myself in not so good relationships. Relationships that are unhealthy. 
And that was my way of screaming and clean and clean and clean. This morning, what is your way of screaming and clean? Maybe on the outside, I don't see anybody looking messed up and disheveled and everything. You guys look great. <laughs> but maybe the way you act and the way you behave and the way you've been even this week has been screaming and clean. And you don't even know it. If you want to know it, ask the ones who are around you. They'll tell you <laughs> if they're honest with you. But we have ways of trying to control and manage and to do things so that we can have everything in perfect, so that we can show up in a, in a perfect way. But what we're really crying and clamoring for is unclean, unclean. Have you ever been with people who will keep on talking, 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 and all they're saying is they want to be loved? It's their way of just saying unclean, unclean, unclean. This morning, Jesus says, I am willing. You see, here's the point. Knowing who you are asking is more important than what you're, what, you are, what you're asking. Knowing who you are asking is more important than what? Knowing who. And who is, who is it we're asking today? It's Jesus. What if Jesus was way bigger than we think that he is? And that he is willing to come into that space and to that place that we think is absolutely and completely unclean and restore it. That's the leper. Now, let's look at the priest. Jesus has compassion also on the priest. It says, verse 14, let's read verse 14. It says, then Jesus ordered him, do not tell anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a, as a what? As a testimony to who? To them. Now, can you imagine? Jesus has healed you of leprosy. All of a sudden, you're restored, you're, you're clean, and Jesus says, you don't tell anybody. I'd go like, orale Jesus, que pasó? <laughs> you know? Like, what's the deal with that? It's like somebody in, in Kenya somewhere being healed with AIDS and then goes and be quiet. There's no way. You know? But Jesus is telling him, don't tell anyone. Why does he tell him not tell anybody? Here's a reason. Or here's several reasons that, as to why. One is that in those days, there were people who had become healers who were using healing as a way of gaining financial uh, advantage. So they would do these healings, and then because of that, they would tell people, go tell everybody so that they can come, and then they'll monetize it. So this is why he tells him not to tell anybody, not to tell the crowds and go and, and tell him. So, but then the bigger reason is that Jesus did not come to heal people. His sole reason was not just to come and heal people. He, the reason why Jesus came is to proclaim that the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God had come. That's why in Isaiah chapter 61 verses 1 and 2, he talks about proclaiming good news, proclaiming the year of the Lord's favor, proclaiming freedom, meaning that the kingdom of God had come. That was Jesus' primary duty and response. Look at what it says in Luke chapter 4 verse 43. It says, but it said, I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God to other towns because that is why I was sent. Jesus was not just sent to heal. He was sent to come and proclaim the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is here. The kingdom of God has finally arrived. So it wasn't just about him declaring healing. Healing was just an expression of the kingdom being present. And so he did not want that leper to just say that I'm healed. He wanted to say and proclaim that the kingdom of God has come. And he said, go show yourself to the priests. And why the priests? Because the priests would have been the people who in the first place had ostracized him or had declared him unclean. The priests are the ones who would say, now this man is unclean, ostracize him and put him away. So the same people who did that, Jesus says, go back to them and show yourself to them. 
and go through the rituals that they need to so they can proclaim you as clean. What Jesus is saying, I'm not only restoring or healing your physical health, I'm actually restoring and redeeming community and friendship and God's power and God's grandeur in your life because he, the priest, would have been absolutely blown away that this person that they had declared unclean is now coming back to be clean. Some of us this morning are like the priests. That we're not looking for Jesus. We are somewhere away. But Jesus has come to us as a testimony. And he's saying that I am willing to heal and here I am. And so this leper comes in and he's declared clean. And the priests are getting to hear the testimony that the kingdom of God has come. The kingdom of God has arrived. Sadly, many of us are living like the priests that we just come in and we're just okay with being in God's house. And our work is to claim who's, is to say, declare, you're clean, you're unclean, you're unclean, you're clean. And you never get to do anything. The priests never got to even be a part of changing the kingdom of God. They're not, not even a part of it. They did not get to be included in doing something great. They were never healing. They, all they had to do is to declare that you're clean or unclean. The point is this, that Jesus was willing to reach out to those who are not even looking for him. The priests were not looking for him. But Jesus was willing to even reach out to them. I say to you, Huntington Beach, this morning Jesus is looking for you, even if your work is just to come in and be. You've just come in, and you just, you just come all the time. You come in, you live your life in rhythms, you come to church, you go home, you do this. But Jesus is saying, I am here to make you clean. He is willing and he wants to reach out to you. This morning, I speak to the priests. If you find yourself in a place like a priest, there's a testimony that Jesus is here for you. But here's a beautiful thing. This man had a story, and his story was to be told. I know that there are many of you that have stories to be told, but you don't think that your story is significant enough, and so what do you do? You sit down with your story. You're not using it. You just come. You're okay with being a pure warmer. Today, the message of the Lord comes saying to you, get off your blessed assurance <laughs> and go out there and become, use your story as a light to glorify him. Huntington Beach, this country, this world needs you to share your story as a testimony to them of what God is doing. You cannot be comfortable with just coming here and sitting and going through the rhythm and going through the motion. Even though you're not looking for Jesus, he is looking for you and he is willing. My friends, he is looking for you even when you're not looking for him. Can somebody say, so good. There's the leper, there's the priest, and now there's a crowd. Jesus has compassion in the crowd. He says in verse 15, yet the news about him spread all the more so that the crowds, so that the crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sickness. So the crowd have come in, and they're hearing all these great stories. Now, in those days, there was no Disneyland. There was no big TV shows. There was no the Desperate Housewives of, you know, Huntington Beach, you know. <laughs> they didn't have any of that stuff. So these guys would have been the biggest thing happening at that time. And so people came, crowds came, and they were all there waiting to see what Jesus would do. And... At some point, they must have just been altered. Everybody's looking to see what Jesus is doing. Now, I say this to you, Huntington Beach, that this morning, there's many of us who are part of the crowd. We just want to see what Jesus is doing. We come to church, 
And we are okay with seeing Jesus doing stuff. So we come in and we're excited about the people who are going through Rooted. We're clapping for them, we're affirming them and saying, good for you, God bless you. We come and see people doing their cardboard testimonies and we enjoy that. We're part of the crowd. It's almost like we're watching this show that is going on. Some of us are okay with that. We're okay with showing up to Disneyland with a ticket that is fully paid off. And then we stand outside Disneyland and we just watch people enjoying and having a great time. And then next weekend, we come back and do the same. We go back to Disneyland with a fully paid ticket. And we're sitting outside just watching people having a greatest time. We are part of the crowd. We are so used to that. This morning, Jesus would say to you, I am willing, get into the game. I think that's a commercial. (laughs) AutoZone, you think? Something like that, yeah. But he says, get into the game. Don't be okay with sitting out and being a part of the crowd. He's saying, come in and have and enjoy the restoration that is there for you. What if Jesus was greater than you think that he was? What if he he does not only want to restore your health and how you look? What if he wants to restore everything within your life? Now, at this particular moment, I must mention that there's sometimes some of us have been crying and praying to God, heal my cancer, heal my disease, and it hasn't happened. And you don't fully understand why he doesn't do it. Here's what I know, that Jesus is coming to proclaim the kingdom of God has come. But we live in this time of where the kingdom of God has come, but we've not fully established its fullness until his second coming. And so we live in this two, between those two points. The world of the kingdom of God has come, but we're yet to fulfill, to enjoy, or to see the fulfillment of it. The now and the not yet. And in that, God will still do his miraculous healings, and he does. And we're never surprised when he does that. But we're also not surprised when he does not heal you. Because we're not yet fully experiencing the fullness of his healing for us. So we're living in these two points. And so if you're here this morning and if you're believing for healing for somebody, it doesn't happen. We do not, we do not, we're not surprised if they're healed. But we're also not surprised if they are healed because we're in the now and the not yet. But the key and the point is here is, are you believing that would this God be still a good God? Would he be still a great God if he does not heal you of your physical ailment? Do you believe that he is far, Jesus is more than we think that he is? Get out of the crowds and get into the game. How far is thinking about God really getting you? How far is thinking about God really getting you? Today is the day you're the person, you make the choice, and then God will bring the change. Step out of the crowd. We've got the leper. We've got Jesus. We've got the leper. We've got the priest. We've got the crowd. But look at what Jesus does. Chapter 16, verse 15, verse 16 of Luke chapter 5, he says, But then often Jesus withdrew to lonely places and, play, and prayed. Jesus withdrew. The crowds are coming. People are coming to seek all that is going on. But Jesus decides to go to a lonely place and pray because he knew that is the only place that he could reconnect with the Father. His power came from spending time with the Father. Huntington Beach, some of us are running too fast. The business of life has caught us with us. We're on the treadmill and we're running 100 miles an hour and we do not realize that it's about stopping. And Jesus is about redeeming and restoring the lonely place. This leper must have come to him and everybody dissipated and was left with the guy alone. And this guy was not only alone and isolated, but Jesus is restoring the lonely place. 
And he's saying that even in those quiet and lonely places, it's place and a time for me to meet and commune with you. When was the last time some of you actually had a time with God alone? Not just for recreation and not just to have your fun because you're, you're introvert, but when was the last time you sat down and actually had a communion or fellowship with Jesus and told him to speak to you? Here's, here's the point. Jesus, the essential thing is not what we say to God, but what he says to us and through us. The essential thing is not what we keep on telling him, but what he says in us and through us. And I believe that if, he, if you took time to actually listen, he will speak to you. So this morning, where are you? Where are you in this story? Are you the leper, broken, rejected, forgotten, isolated, desperate for healing? Jesus says, I am willing are you the priest who's not, even, who's not even paying attention, who's just okay with living the mundane of life and just being good? Jesus says to you, he says, I am willing. Are you a part of the crowd that is okay with being outside watching all the great things happening? Jesus to you this morning says, I am willing. Or are you the person who's running 100 miles an hour that you've not taken time to pause and stop? For me, I believe that I can find myself all across this story. I can find my broken parts. I can find the parts where I'm just okay to be a priest and to be out there because, after all, I work at a church. I'm a pastor, and I'm always doing good things, you know? So that's, or supposed to be doing good things. (laughs) Or am I a part of the crowd that I'm just okay with seeing God work in people? Even this morning, I can be okay with God working in you, but not working in me. But if I'm honest, I can find myself that God wants to redeem that lonely place for me. Because when was the last time I actually took time to actually pause and be by myself and have Jesus renew me? Where are you in the story? I can identify myself today, this morning for me. I feel like when Jesus would speak to me, he would speak to me about the lonely places where I've been running too hard. My wife and I have been running at 100 miles an hour. Going in the same direction, but sometimes feeling like we're just disconnected. Where is it for you that you're running too fast that you've not been able to do that? Where are you in the story? I believe that this morning Jesus wants to speak to you. And we're going to be bold to enter the space that he invites us. I want you to go before him like the leper and say, Jesus, you are willing. The guy did not doubt that Jesus was willing. He knew It was about changing his heart more than changing his skin. He wanted him to be restored into community and to fellowship. Jesus wants to do a work in you. What if Jesus was greater than you think that you are? So this morning, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I just want you for a moment just to close your eyes. Bow your heads. Where are you? Where are you? You have an opportunity to, today, go to Jesus and say, are you willing? Or you can get up out of this place and go back into the world, into a, into a crazy world that is waiting to just eat you up. So this morning, do not move too fast. Just pause and take a minute. And as we worship, I'm going to ask you to do something courageous and bold. If you're bo- broken, if you feel rejected, if you feel isolated, I want to pray for you. Would you please stand up right now? If you feel like the leper, if you identify yourself with the leper, would you please stand up right now? Stand up wherever you are. Thank you. Keep standing. 
Be honest with yourself. If you feel like the leper, just stand up this morning. If you feel broken, isolated, forgot, marginalized, stand up. Amen. Amen. If you're like the, lep- if you're like the priest and you just are okay with status quo and you don't understand the power of God and you've failed to see who God really is and you're not into the game, and this morning God is asking you to stand up and get up into the game, stand up wherever you are and want to pray for you. If this morning you want to say, I want to get into the game, I want to share my story, I want to tell somebody of what God is doing in my life, please stand up wherever you are. Amen. If today you're part of the crowd, that you're just checking this out, thank you for coming to check it out. But at the same time, if you feel like it's time for you to stand up and to be a part of what God is doing, I encourage you right now at this moment to please stand up. Stand up wherever you are. If you're part of the crowd, if you identify yourself as you're a cheerleader, you watch people and you're happy for them. And today you're saying, I'm stepping into the game, please stand up. And then if you're like me today, that you need the lonely place to be redeemed where you can go and be with the Father and commune with Him, and you're running at 100 miles an hour, please stand up. And that probably would be most of us. We're going to respond in in song and worship. But let me just pray for us. Father, We're in your presence this morning. Would you speak to us? Would you minister to us? Would you give us a word that we need to be able to help us walk out of this place and go back and face the world knowing that you are willing? For those that are broken, God, would you restore them? Would you restore their relationships? Would you restore their identity? Would you restore who they are? That they can say, I am God's love child. For the ones who are like the priests, God, I pray that they may step into purpose and to a work that you're calling them to be and to share their stories so the world can know your power and declare that the kingdom of God has come. For those who are like the crowds and are stepping out and being cheerleaders, today we say, Father, we are tired of cheerleading and we want to be in it. And so today we stand. And today, God, for some of us, like myself, God, who are just not even taking time to be alone with you, would you restore that and would you redeem that and would you give us a place to be able to engage? Holy Spirit, minister to us in this moment. As we respond in worship, everybody please stand up. As we respond in worship, I want you to hold on to what that God would tell you this morning. And I want you to take that. That is what you'll hold on to even as you go out to this world. So let us respond together in worship.